we really don't have anything in particular to talk about this week, but one of the things that I actually did want to talk about is this, I, I think I may have talked about it briefly before in reference to uh, Zack Snyder. We are kind of in this culture right now where for whatever reason, people will hate on something for the longest time. And then that same person or someone associated with the thing that was being hated on will do something incredible with the same exact thing. And then the opinion flips and everybody's like, oh, we fucking love this guy now. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. It's called hopping on the bandwagon. I mean, yeah, that's putting it in the simplest of terms. Uh, all right, next week on the Derailed Podcast. <laughs> um, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because ever since No Way Home came out, I feel like there has been a huge shift in the way people feel about the MCU Spider-Man movies. And I think it's really fucking weird. Like, as far as I was aware, people really liked fucking Homecoming and Far From Home. I know people considered Far From Home the weaker one. I don't fucking know how. Maybe I'm just a fucking Marvel shill. Um, I, I mean, yes. <laughs> as am I. That's fine. But, like, yeah, like, I, I see Far From Home, like, yeah, I understand that it has some flaws and it's a little weird in places, but I enjoy that movie a lot. I fucking, yeah. If, if honestly, I had the choice between watching Homecoming and Far From Home, I'd probably watch Far From Home. Because Far From Home is just, Far From Home is a solid film in general. Then again, gotta remember, I'm biased. But yeah, I stumbled across this fucking tweet today. And, like, I, it was someone being like, let's be honest here, and it was a picture of the cover for the first Amazing Spider-Man movie and Spider-Man Homecoming, and then they had like a equal to or greater than sign, I think. You know, the little chomp chomp buggy. <laughs> yes, um, the alligator mouth. Yes, the alligator mouth. I don't, why did I call it a chomp chomp buggy? I'm, I... I'm, I'm fucking because, writing that one down. <laughs> because even in uh, the American public health school, or health, uh, fuck, the, the public school system, uh, our health system is fucked anyways. I mean, but, yeah. Uh, uh, public education, uh, we are below average. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, it's like, so basically they're saying that like, Amazing Spider-Man 1 is better than Homecoming. And in uh, and you know what that's their opinion they're entitled to that. And in my completely humble opinion, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, I'm definitely uh, So for the longest time I guess let me kind of start that statement over. For the longest time, I I would say that people that I talked to would be under the impression that I didn't care for the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. And while I didn't care for them as movies as a whole, I very much enjoyed the characters that we got out of those movies. 
Like, I absolutely love uh, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy. That is still one of my favorite performances. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, fucking Dennis Leary as Captain Stacy is brilliant fucking casting. I love that. Um, Honestly, like, I've been a fan of that man since I was a kid watching The Sandlot. Wait, what? Yeah. What? That's where I recognized him from. He was the stepdad in the Sandlot. Was he keep really? Your eye on the ball. Oh my god! I dude. will fact check it, but I'm like ninety nine percent sure that I, mean, I already looked this up. I mean, the only reason that I'm like blown away right now is because I literally haven't seen that movie since I was like probably ten, maybe. Like it's been a long fucking time since I've seen that film. Yeah, he was in the Sandlot, nineteen ninety three. God fucking- damn. I know my shit. I know my faces ever since I was a kid. (laughs) But yeah, like him as Gwen's dad. Brilliant fucking casting. I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Like, to this day, and I will mark this as my point of conjecture here, because I know you're going to bring it up as well. I have watched the Cinema Wins videos on both of the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Has it changed your mind? It has... So, not on the movies themselves, but it has it has bettered my opinion of his Peter Parker. I'm still not crazy about it. I'm not crazy about fucking Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker either, though. Like, I think Tobey Maguire played the loser version of Peter Parker much better than Andrew Garfield did. Because, but then again, I can't really give them too much shit because... I 100% believe they were using the Ultimate Comics as source material. And in the, in, the, in the Ultimate Comics, he's not completely a loser. He is kind of cool. Like. Yeah, he definitely has his moments. So, you know, so, yeah. The Cinema Wins video helped my opinion of Peter Parker and just. Yeah, because I always loved his Spider-Man. I've, you will never be able to change my mind about that fucking costume. Those eyes are horrendous. I like the, the overall the, design of the costume, but just the eyes kill the entire thing for me. The, the yellow ones from the first movie? The, yeah, the yellow yeah. ones and super thin. I get that they were kind of trying to go for, like, the original Ditko look, because the eyes were kind of, like, a, did have, like, a yellowish tint to them sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still not crazy on the suit design, but maybe, honestly, you could change the eyes on it, and I would like it a lot more. Actually, let me take a look at that suit, because I, I'm thinking that it's just the eyes, but I remember not being crazy about that suit at all. It, it had, uh, one thing it did have that I thought was really neat was, like, it was, it was very textured. Um. The color was close, but it wasn't quite spot on. And some of the, some of the accent areas, uh, like along the like the palms and the fingertips, kind of threw it off for me. Okay, like I so... get that they were going for a different style, but yeah, it was it was just a little odd. So here's what I like, and here's what I don't like about it. I I like the texturing, but I don't like how many lines there are. Like, there's just, there's, it, there's too much going on in the blue section of the suit. You know what I mean? Like, 
the texture was enough. There's too much going on here now. Yeah. Um, I don't like how uh, towards the bottom of the spider after the legs end, the webbed pattern just turns into lines. I'm not crazy about that. I love the hand. I love the hands though. I really like that. I I actually really like the design of the hands. Uh, I I thought the the hands were a little odd, but that's fine. See if you change them white though. I think that's I think you would get the PS4 arms. You know what? That's fair. Like if you changed uh, the hand pieces yeah. to white, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you would get. But yeah, so never been crazy on the suit, but I've always liked how he played Spider-Man. I wasn't the biggest fan of his Peter Parker, but after watching the Cinema Wins video and thinking about the source material that they potentially used, I feel better about it. I'm not crazy about it, but I feel better about it. Um, the movie itself, I still just, I remember how angry it made me when I first saw it. Just like, I, I, I was never like, I was never crazy about the idea of like his parents being like a big part of the reason he ended up becoming Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, shit, I'm really glad that they didn't end up going with a deleted scene from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Have you heard about this deleted scene? From Amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely need a refresher. So there's a deleted scene for Amazing Spider-Man 2 where it's the end of the movie where Peter is at Gwen's grave. And... His dad fucking shows up. Oh, what? Yeah. It's like, he's not dead. He's supposed to be dead. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. But at the same time, I'm just like, at the same time, like, with my current emotions about that movie, I wouldn't have been okay with it. Thinking back to the movie and thinking about, like, other storylines that I've read that could have been a that could have been an open door for the jackal to come into play. Oh, because what if, what if that uh that uh I think like that that person was a clone. Yeah, that the I think it's Richard Parker. Richard Parker, that's right. Oh um, yeah, what what if he what if he was a clone? Yeah. And then you could bring in the jackal, you could bring in the fucking clones, like. Okay, on the spot fan casting, who would you want to play the jackal? The jackal? If they were to throw him into the MCU. Gary Oldman. Ooh, that's really good. Gary Oldman, yeah. That's, that's really like, good. Like, that's just, that's just <laughs> off the top of my head. Like, first person that comes to mind when I think, when I think who could play that character, Gary Oldman. But now, would it be the the masked uh, scientist, like the the uh, the new Ben Riley kind of jackal, or like the goblin esque jackal from like the older comics? 
Well, that goblin-esque jackal was originally a man, and that man is the one who created the clones, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just, I just want to see Ben Riley in live action, man. That's all I'm getting at here. <laughs> oh, dude, same. <laughs> same. That, that's all I fucking want, man. Like, uh, I think they've made him a villain again in the comics. Um, I kind of fell behind on his solo series just simply because keeping up with monthly comics is hard. I know that sounds stupid, but it's like, it's really hard to remember what specific fucking day your comic comes out on. <laughs> yeah. Especially because, like, they take breaks and shit like that, and when you're reading a comic, you don't always pay attention to that kind of shit. So. I don't fucking know. But anyways, yeah. Uh, I don't understand why there... I don't know if it has always been around or if it's recent, but there has been a lot of hate on the first two Tom Holland movies. Yeah, I don't get it. Cause like, um, Oh God. I, I remember a lot of speculation at the time. It's like, Oh yeah. You know, like, uh, civil war was like, even though it was the introduction, it's like, uh, Oh, was that like his, his origin? Cause like, that's where, you know, that's, that's where we see him first. Right. Uh, and it's like, no, like, really, his origin into Spider-Man was Homecoming. And I loved how they did that. Yeah. And having the vulture, like, first off, having a menacing vulture with, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I'm, Michael I'm losing Keaton? my brain fucking right now. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Um, like, having, having him as, a, as the vulture and being, like, legitimately menacing... Oh my god. And and kind of a tragic villain, like let's be honest. Yeah. Um like that that was brilliant casting. Uh you know, going through it and like no, you cannot tell me you can't watch Homecoming. And when he gets the Come on, Peter, come on, Peter when he's lifting up the vent, it's oh, like god. Yo, that that is that is a stand up in your seat and fucking go, yeah. I'm pretty sure I did do that, but just because the main reason I got so excited for that part is because of like, that is one of my favorite fucking comic panels that they referenced in that scene. Like, uh, what, uh, where was that one from? Uh, I don't know what issue it's from, but, uh, let me see. Home coming comic references there we go uh here it is fuck yeah god that made that easy uh <laughs> let's just go ahead oh, discord and can i not just drop this in here fuck you all right let's just copy okay i i should have been a little more explicit with the the jackal thing would you like to see the masked jackal or the goblin jackal preferably i think for or live would you action like to see both I think for live action purposes, I think the the masked one would work a lot better. Mm. Like just personally, uh, I sent the picture over of the comic of the comic image that was referenced in that scene. Oh, that one! I don't remember. Uh, 
what issue that is, but I do remember what's going on there. Okay. But yeah, like that was so fucking exciting for me. And you know, for for those of you that are going to fucking try to come out and be like, "Oh, well, that's because fucking Homecoming is basically like Iron Man 4." I'm pulling it up right now. I'm pulling it up right now. Iron Man was not in was not in that movie as much as you people fucking think he he was. He was definitely not in that movie nearly as much. He had 15 minutes of screen time in how long of a fucking movie? Uh, at least an hour and a half. Because, I mean, that's the, that's the target for movies nowadays. Yeah, at least. Minutes. Kids so movies, pr- I think, can fall short, stores. probably, but... Yeah. Uh... But yeah, in a roughly two-hour movie, 15 minutes is not Yeah, that two much. hours and 13 minutes. So, Robert Downey Jr. got as much screen time as the credits did in this movie. <laughs> So, I don't want to hear any fucking thing about how, ooh, fucking Spider-Man Homecoming isn't just Iron Man 4. No, the fuck it's not. If anything, fucking, I would honestly, you know, honestly, they could really pull a shit move and call Civil War both an Iron Man sequel and a Captain America sequel, because I'm pretty sure they have about equal screen time in that. And both, like, both reveals or the 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 major reveal hits both sides and it hits obviously it hits tony a lot harder right cuz i mean <laughs> the fucking that that line is iconic i don't care he killed my mom yeah and it just goes ape shit like yeah let's see uh but yeah, the the instances that I remember. So, uh, oh, this isn't a hug. I'm just opening the door for you. Um, there was obviously the uh, the empty suit when he's like he's he's waving over a drink. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh no, there's a heater built into the suit. And then, of course, uh, when he jumps out of the suit with the, if you actually cared, you'd be here. And <laughs> oh, God, the the it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're nothing without the suit, then you don't deserve to have it because he yeah. had to learn that the hard way in Iron Man three. Yeah, he did. Which is what, like, villains aside, that movie was a big thing because, well, one, the the character had, to my understanding, a very realistic uh depiction of PTSD and dealing with that and learning how, like, even with even with that, being able to use his strengths as Tony, not as Iron Man. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you got to remember, aside from the Iron Man movies, there was also the Avengers movies happening at the time, too. So by the time Homecoming happens, Tony has already dealt with fucking the Chitauri and fucking Ultron. Yeah. Like, oh, and by the way, Fun fucking fact, the amount of screen time between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers in uh, Captain America Civil War, there is only a difference of one minute. Oh, someone actually took the time and, and like, timed it? Yeah, Steve, Steve Rogers has the most screen time in the movie with 38 minutes and 15 seconds, 
with Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, Iron Man, coming in second place at 37 minutes and 15 seconds. So you really could call Civil War a Iron Man movie and a Captain America movie. They could totally pull a Freddy versus Jason with that. Yeah, they really could. That's uh, that's fucking crazy. I didn't know that. I was just throwing some shit out there, like <laughs> claiming that it had some fucking relevance. Apparently it does. Um would you use the wrong equation, but you get the right answer. Hey. Uh but yeah, like uh Homecoming was so important because that was this this iteration's origin story. Because he had to he had to learn his like his limits on his own. You know what? Like without the advanced suit. I'm gonna triple down on that claim and say the entire trilogy is his origin story. I mean, yes. Uh, it arguably yes. <laughs> like cause these are cause I, the years that we get to see in uh in Homecoming through Far From Home to No Way Home are his junior through senior years. Because junior year, I I think you can pretty much confirm junior year because isn't that, because wasn't it like prom or was it, oh no, it was Homecoming. I'm a fucking moron. Yeah, it was was Homecoming. So I'm pretty sure it was his his sophomore year in Homecoming, junior year. uh, In Far From Home. In Far From Home and then going into his senior year in No Way Home. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. And now we're going to have an animated series to fill in his freshman year. Oh, and that'll probably actually show, like, the bite, the transition, and yeah. all of that. Because uh, when he was telling Ned about it in, in Homecoming, like, it had been a minute. Yeah, no, like, we're definitely looking at probably... By the time Homecoming happens, I would say he's at least in year two. Or at least almost done with his first year of being Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, he's probably around the area... Mm. No, I can't say that he's probably within the same area as Pattinson's Batman, because Pattinson's Batman has already put the Joker away. At least once. Spoilers, by the way. <laughs> Which, like, if if I could just like throw that. If out you there haven't quick, seen this that... fucking movie yet, why? It's so yeah. good, and I'm not talking about Spider Man. I'm talking about fucking Batman. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, but like, did they, did they really need to include that scene? Did they really? Uh... Like, I know there's a deleted. I know there's a scene that was cut, but like. What was the was the five minutes between the Riddler and the Joker like necessary? I think That's they the, probably it, did that to uh, confirm that. For a sequel. Yeah, they were definitely confirming a sequel because you know there was a lot going around about this may not this movie may not get a sequel. You know, this may just be a one off. And I think they threw that scene in there to confirm: yes, you will be seeing this Batman again. 
which like honestly with how big it was and how well it did like i'm pretty sure that was like a given anyways yeah but honestly like i in situations like that i don't care for the sequel bait because it's like it was a it was a contained story we had like a good a good origin for like uh not like an origin origin story but like a this is going to be the next step this is going into philanthropist uh bruce wayne and uh a more understanding and well-rounded batman so do you think we're going to be already seeing... went through his vengeful stage yeah so do you think we're going to be seeing a lot less of emo bruce wayne in the next movie i think we're going to start so like uh we I think the next Bruce Wayne is going to be uh coming out of his shell little by little and like even if he's not like a public figure yet he's still going to be doing like doing charity events or Yeah, he wasn't or stuff like that. Like he'll be setting up campaigns and whatnot. He wasn't a, he wasn't Tony Stark, but he definitely cuz he I wouldn't say that he has the sharp tongue but he doesn't have the charisma of Tony Stark, if that makes any sense. That makes sense. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Bruce Wayne is a little more suave and classy, and Tony Stark is a little more fuck you in your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, I'm very, I'm very interested to see what they do with it next, but like... It, I, I would prefer it have been, like, a solid story, a one-off, it did well, it is self-contained, and with, like, if there was going to be a sequel, okay, we now have the building blocks for how we think it could ha it could go, because, obviously, they're going to rebuild the, uh, the seawall, uh, right. there's going to be a lot of charity drives, there's going to be rebuilding uh, pieces of Gotham because of the flooding and all of that. That's when we'll see philanthropist Bruce Wayne start to really shine and start dividing that identity. Yeah, there's now an opening for Penguin to take over. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the uh, crime scene, anyways. But had we not gotten the the Joker scene, that would have been a really interesting like well yeah because you oh, know yeah. where the... have you heard of this clown and then just be like oh my god did they fucking do it or like the announcement for the sequel it'd be like oh my god we're getting a sequel yeah like whereas now it's like oh yeah we're just waiting on the sequel yeah and i don't know th that's really weird because it's like in my opinion it's just like it's almost kind of disappointing when situations like that have sequels announced for me for me personally because when, you know, you look at all the things that we just talked about, it's like the seawall's going to get rebuilt. You know, Penguin's more than likely going to take over most of the crime syndicates in the in the city. Um, you know, we're going to get to see the philanthropist ver side of Bruce Wayne. We're going to get to see, you know, the more well-rounded version of Batman. It's just like, or well, you know, we know that he's going to become that more well-rounded version of Batman. It's like, we know where the universe goes from there with Batman's story, you know what I mean? Like, there's specific mm -hmm. points that it hits, and then, you know, that's usually when DC decides to go fucking ape shit in the comics, and 
throw or play around with some universes. I'm not saying I don't love that shit. I fucking ate up the bat who laughs crap. Like, oh my god, dude. Like <laughs> I was not expecting that story to be as good as as it was, but because I was like, oh, okay, it's just like fucking, it's like a really edgy Batman. Like, Batman's edgy, but this guy's like really edgy. No, dude, it ain't like that at all. It's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I have that uh, that DC multiverse figure in my closet right now. Oh, that's dope. But yeah, like, you know, we know where that universe is going to go. We don't really need any sequels or anything like that. You know, because I, I feel like there's, I don't know, I feel like there's too much want for sequels now. Like, there's just no room for a story to be a story. Like, even things like fucking, you know, Squid Game, which, did you ever end up watching that? I haven't yet, but I really need to. Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they, there's going to be a season two. and. I'm sitting here and I'm just like, why? There's, there's no fucking need. And it's like, I don't know why. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know why. Cause the way it ends, it's a good ending. And then it, it feels like there's some shit tacked on to sequel bait. And I, and apparently it was sequel baiting because there's now a season two coming out. And I'm just like, I just want things to be able to be. You know what I mean? Just one and done, man. Just why can't people make movies like that anymore? Why does everything got to be a sequel or a fucking reboot? Why can't anybody have any new ideas? You know, meanwhile, I think it's because like if there's a standout for something that we didn't think was going to work, but it it worked much better or like better than anyone could have hoped. Mhm. Then it's like, well, obviously studios are going to try and replicate that. Right. So there's that. But also, this was so well done, I would love to see more of it for, like, the audience side of things. Right. So that's that's one reason why we get so many, so many sequels and reboots to either try and recapture what the original did with the sequel or get a reimagining but still, but still fall within the lines of of what the original did for the reboot uh, so that it'll still be successful. Right. Like, see, comic book movies, like, I'll watch a new reboot every five years. I don't give a fuck. I will. Like, especially when it comes to fucking Batman, because I don't know what it is. And maybe I'm going to get fucking crucified for saying this, but, like, Batman is a, like, blank slate of a character. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it is very easy for almost any actor to step into the shoes of that character. I mean, think about all the different Batman we've had over the fucking years. TV and movies and fucking voice as well. Like, mm -hmm. it's because, like, the reason why we have so many different iterations of the character is because it's very easy to take a character like that and make it your own because he's such a blank slate. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That can be a great thing for some characters. You know, it can be death for others, yes, but for for a character like Batman, it works because you can just fill in the blanks. Oh yeah. Anyways, back to Spider Man. Yeah, back to fucking <laughs> Spider Man. I I don't understand. Yeah, I just 
like and trust me i i'm glad that andrew garfield is finally getting the recognition that he deserves for playing a good spider-man him and toby Maguire both i've always loved toby Maguire's spider-man yes was i mortified by the fucking dancing scene in spider-man 3 yes but that wasn't the main issue with the movie i could honestly look past that if the movie wasn't so over fucking crowded yeah like, if they'd have just left it at fucking Sandman, that would have been fine. Sequel bait with Venom. Like, Venom is not the kind of villain, when it comes to Spider-Man, he's not the kind of villain that you can only dedicate, like, 20, 30 minutes to. No, you need a whole fucking movie to fucking play out the fucking Venom story. Because Venom torments Spider-Man. He fucking ruins his life. Mm-hmm. Like so much so that that uh he recognizes him through universes. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> but that guy. Oh no, I'm talking like, about oh, Venom ruins Spider-Man's life. Because No, I know. It's like he's has such an obsession he can see him through multiverses. Okay, yeah, gotcha. That, that's what I was getting at. Uh Whoosh. but yeah, like <laughs> Like, having, uh, I, I really do think uh, having the black suit for Spider-Man 3 was the right call. Yes, because, because that worked. We got to, yeah, it, it worked. We got to see a vengeful Spider-Man going ham on, on Flint Marco. But it's like, w- had Venom not been there, how would we have gotten a big fight between spidey and marco because for the most part they like they started reconciliation but then it got like it got interrupted by venom's whole bullshit and then you know like coercing marco onto his side well remember that and then they they had the final reconciliation at the end when he when marco had a change of heart i don't think there was reconciliation to begin with remember fucking he thought he was dead Mm, that's right peter thought he killed him i was mistaken i was mistaken yeah yeah so but at the same time you had harry as a secondary antagonist you already had a secondary antagonist you didn't need another one who was introduced getting his getting his (laughs) fucking melon rocked rocked. yeah (laughs) getting his fucking melon rocked like he was at a gallagher show but like yeah like, that man I, turned into a pinball machine all the way down. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, granted, like, the cheesy fucking movie enjoyer in me really likes the whole, you know, turn at the end where he's like, you know, oh, your father stabbed himself with his own gilder and, you know, fucking... <laughs> I was trying to get through saying that seriously, but you laughed, you son of a bitch. You said Gilda. You didn't even say Glider. <laughs> um, so, don't get on my ass for laughing, you fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, fucking, you know, I, you know, I will always enjoy that part of it, you know, when he comes back and he fucking helps him in the end. But I think it would have been kind of cool, you know, because. He's already trying to just fucking ruin his shit anyways. He's like, yeah, 
He's like, oh, yeah, you know, the other guy, it's me. I'm the one piping your girlfriend, you know, like. <laughs> Split her like a log, my dude. <laughs> Split her like an omelet. Nom, 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 nom. Justice running. <laughs> oh, I couldn't even say I couldn't even say that without laughing. Uh, uh, that's one of those but... things. That's one of those things where you're all <laughs> <laughs> laugh, gag, laugh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, ha- have we not gotten venom? Like, we still could have had plenty with. Uh, with Harry and with Marco. And there still could have been and, reconciliation with both. Yeah, and the end, like, the, the right before the credits roll, because post-credit scenes weren't a thing yet, right before the credits roll, that's when we get... Sam the, fucking flat out wanna... bricks and Frodo's mouth. <laughs> Classic Cur- <laughs> Clerks 2 reference. Harry Love fucking you, flat Smith. out bricks in Peter's mouth. <laughs> anyways um i i do feel like we could have had like we could have had the church scene yes and gotten gotten venom uh or like the the symbiote could have stayed at the church uh and had like a little twist on that that scene from the comics yeah it could it could have a bit it's time for someone to to swing by and the first person it was was brock yeah uh and gotten gotten that there and then learned like what the symbiote was and like how to how to harness it and of course then venom kind of like they they figure out their team up and work together for a little bit first gone through the final act with Marco and Harry and we could have ended it there yeah with the reconciliation and the the credit the pre-credit scene the be you know the transition to venom and, and it's like we hate spider-man or just something yeah a single line that could have said oh this is what it's going to be yeah and then spider-man 4 could have been purely the the venom movie or the spidey v venom movie that we wanted yeah they're, they're like there could have been like there could have been a spider-man 4 i honestly i really hope with like even with all the people pissing and moaning about no way home i really do hope that they'll take a chance and actually make a a next movie for each of these spider-man We'll get Amazing Spider-Man 3. We'll get Sp- Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 4. And even Raimi himself was, uh, I'm pretty sure, was on the record saying, I would love to come back, and I would love to do an MCU Spider-Man film, but Toby will beat my ass yeah. if I don't come get his first. Yeah, Toby would kill me if I did another Spider-Man movie and it wasn't with him. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like he's down. The studios just need to come together to do it. Well, the studio needs to stop fucking blowing money on stupid shit, like, fucking giving into satirical memes and releasing Morbius in theaters for a second time 
and movies like El Muerto about a character that was only in two comics. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like we could definitely like Sony could definitely work a rogues gallery sort of a movie or like sort of a universe. But they're missing one key thing. They are missing Spider-Man, <laughs> which I think is exactly what they're trying to do with their partnership with Marvel is like, okay, no one knows who Spider-Man is, so now we can hang on to him for a little bit and make our shit. Which I'm like fairly confident that's that's exactly what's going on. I mean, uh, I just don't they, get it. <laughs> if they're going to do these origin movies for these like these rogues gallery villains, they need to be good <laughs> movies to start yeah, with. Yeah, they need to be good movies, and then you also need the main ingredient. Fucking Spider-Man! <laughs> like, I, like, I'm still blown away at the fact, like, this is taking, this is looking, you know, outside of the box here, and not looking at the fact that they are decent movies on their own, I guess, but I am just blown away at the fact that we have two Venom movies, one that also has Carnage, and neither of them have Spider-Man in them. And there's apparently yeah. a third one in production. More than likely, no Spider-Man. But then again, maybe, well, because, I mean, they did kind of set him on an arc with that whole crossing into the MCU thing. Yeah, and I think that was just to leave a symbiote behind, because that's, of course, Venom has to be in the MCU now. But at the uh, same time, I think that also could be them being like, potentially setting up Venom versus Spidey in in the Venom movies because he's going to get back he's not just going to forget about fucking Spider-Man he's going to still go to New York and be like I'm fucking curious I was just in another universe there's got to be another one here where is Peter fucking Parker get out here Shitbag. <laughs> but it, it's just I like... hot dogs. It, <laughs> hey, I got next month's rent. <laughs> Come on up. But, um, like, if, if you, like, I could also be like, um, well, actually, let me push up my glasses. Um, Venom is, 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 takes place in San Francisco on the other side of the United States from, from New York, so... Of course they wouldn't cross paths yet, and, and, you know, that whole fucking thing. Because I know that was being thrown out a lot, too. Well, he didn't move to San Francisco until he got fucking essentially kicked out of New York. Oh, yeah, he got shamed his way out of, uh, out of the, uh... The Bugle. No, it's still, it's still the Bugle. Yeah. yeah. He worked uh, for the Bugle. Yeah, he got shamed, he, he got shamed his way, uh, or his way shamed out of the Bugle. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why he's in Frisco. Yeah, and if you read a fucking comic book, you glasses-pushing fucking twat, fucking... (laughs) (laughs) You would know that the Lethal Protector series takes place in San Francisco. See, that's the thing I can't be entirely mad about with these fucking movies, because... Yes, they are seriously deviating away from the source material by not having Spider-Man involved whatsoever. But they are also sticking to Venom's solo source material really well. 
Next up, what I would love to see, if they're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks, bring in Joe Manganiello to reprise his role as an older, like, post-military Flash Thompson. Agent Venom! And give us Agent Venom. <laughs> I would love to see that. And honestly, with um, just, like, watching watching interviews with Joe about, like, whether it be about previous roles, about, uh, about comic books, D&D. about D&D especially, like, the, the man is, is, like, one of the buffest nerds that I've ever seen. <laughs> and I would love to meet this man. Like, he, like, uh, he and Travis, uh, like, with the whole jocks mocking, th- like, the, these men, like, I, I love to pieces. I would love to meet both of them. Yeah. They are the hugest, like, nerds on the planet. Uh, <laughs> Physically and, and like, metaphorically. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, if if anyone by now is a part of the D&D community who hasn't heard of Joe Manganiello's Gygax dungeon, like, y'all are missing out. Look it up. <laughs> It's beautiful. But yeah, and also, if you really think about it, doing Agent Venom would be a really good way for Tom Hardy to leave the role behind if he's ready to. You know what I mean? Like, if he's done doing these movies, that would be a great way for him to be able to leave the character behind, but still have a Venom character going for these movies. Yeah, because the, by that point it's it's Flash, it's not Eddie. So yeah, that that would that would work out perfect. Yeah, like because unless you're gonna do something like anti Venom, like then you could have Eddie Brock and you know Agent Venom. But yeah, I don't think you could have both of them have the same Venom symbiote. I don't think that's ever been a thing. I'm not 100% sure on that. There's been some crazy shit in the comics when it comes to that. No, it wouldn't be the same the the same Venom symbiote because there's only the one, but there are so many offshoots that derive from the Venom symbiote. I mean, look look at the um I forget what the group is called, but there's five uh symbiote quote-unquote grandchildren. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh they're from the, the uh the separation anxiety arc. Yeah, all of them, like, I, I forget, did they all come from Venom or did they all come from Carnage, which came from Venom? They all came from Venom. They are Carnage's brothers and sisters. Gotcha. Yeah, because okay. what happened was the Life Foundation found Eddie Brock, separated him from the Venom symbiote, and they forced the Venom symbiote to spawn five times. And it created these five symbiotes. Whose names I cannot recall at the moment. Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up so that I have... I know there was Riot, Phage... Uh, yeah, that's all I remember. Uh, we had Scream, Laster, Phage, uh, Agony, and Riot. Yeah. Which are all part of, part of uh, that story yeah those are the actually, original their first ones. appearance was yeah they, their first appearance was actually venom lethal protector number four yeah that's right uh and then we have um 
so yeah, we have Venom, Carnage came from Venom, those five came from Venom, we have... Toxin came from Carnage. Toxin did come from Carnage and reattached itself to Eddie Brock. That's right! Uh, Originally bonded to uh, Patrick Mulligan. Yeah, a cop. Which I think is what they're hinting at uh, with with Let There Be Carnage at the end. Because we saw we saw the symbiote eye flash uh, with the cop, who I believe was actually uh, Patrick Mulligan. Uh, he, I think they're setting up Toxin for the next the next um, Sony Venom movie. That would be that would probably be what they're doing. I'll have to watch that. I need to watch it. Like I've watched the final fight scene, but I haven't watched the movie in its entirety. But I need to. I have a fucking Stars subscription. I can watch both of them. Um. Uh. Then yeah, we have uh Anti Venom, who comes from uh the that's some shit in the negative zone. So it is the Venom symbiote, if I remember correctly, that bonds to his white blood cells because of the negative energy from Mister Negative. Yeah. So it is still a Venom symbiote, technically, but because it bonds and it goes to the negative zone, uh, it is a healing symbiote, uh, hence the all-white color, yeah. and it's corrosive to other symbiotes. Yeah, and it can also, like, take away superpowers in certain cases. Like Spider-Man's superpowers, since Spider-Man's superpowers are the result of radiation, he technically just has a permanent case of radiation poisoning. The anti-venom suit can take care of that, which would remove his powers. And that's also the way he uh, literally <laughs> fucked Mary Jane to death. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she died of radiation poisoning because you're spooch. Radioactive spooch! <laughs> Now comes in 32 ounce size. Uh, so the last three major symbiotes that I'm seeing are Mania. Uh, of course, the uh, primordial god Null. who created the Venom symbiote, Null. And one called Sleeper, which I actually haven't heard of. Interesting. I think hybrid, I think uh, one of those is just a different version of hybrid. Hybrid was introduced as a, a fusion of Lasher, Phage, Agony, and Riot, bonded to a prison guard. Uh, Scream and Hybrid were hunted and killed by Eddie Brock. Yada yada yada. Okay, so we had we had that, uh, and then uh, the other one was uh, Sleeper. Okay. Uh, one seed inside Venom remained after the Life Foundation extracted the seeds of Scream, Phage, Lasher, Agony, and Riot. Venom, after being, after having been purified, wanted to keep his new offspring safe from people who would use it for nefarious purposes uh, and want to make it not carnage. <laughs> uh, birthed it in Alchemex uh, after the Venom symbiote was stolen by its first host, Altar. The offspring bonded to Eddie so that they could save Venom. So, Sleeper is 
an offspring of Venom that again bonded to fucking yep. Eddie Brock. Just like fucking this man is the godfather of of symbiotes. I mean, he like, kind of is up. because he was he was the original Venom. Then he was anti-Venom. He's also been Toxin. And now you're telling me that he's had this symbiote. And now I think in the comics, he is Null now. Venom is the king of the symbiote. Oh. I'm almost certain that is what is currently going on in the Venom comics. Jesus. Let me double check here. I'm not 100% sure. Venom King of Symbiotes. Yeah, in Marvel's landmark 200th issue of Venom, it's been confirmed that Eddie Brock's other is the most powerful symbiote in the Marvel Universe. After the defeat of Null the Symbiote God, Eddie Brock is now the new King in Black, controlling vast legions of symbiotes all over the galaxy. So yeah, Eddie Brock is now the god of symbiotes. Yeah. So oh, shit. Yeah, that's currently what's going on. But holy Thanks, sh- Spidey, you gave birth to a new god. Yeah, Jesus fucking cr- Oh my god. Thanks, Spider-Man. Yeah, no shit. I mean, then again, it was for the better because Eddie Brock so Eddie Brock is a benevolent god whereas Noel was pure chaotic evil. I mean, what isn't it confirmed that like the um the reason why the symbiotes have an aversion to uh fire and sound is because of Noel forging the the symbiote blade. Yes, that all of this comes from. Yes, that is the exact reason why that is their weakness. That's, uh, so I know it's, uh, I know it's retroactive, but that's fucking beautiful. Right? Like, yeah, it's like, that's yes, somebody that being was, real clever. Yeah, I love that, it. Yes, of course, that was thought of in hindsight. Like, uh, of course it was, but you still can, you still have to be able to appreciate the fact that that is some creative thinking. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that <laughs> that was all just a long-winded Can we get can we get Joe Manganiello back for Flash Thompson and for Agent Venom, please? Yeah, and seriously, Sony stop making bad fucking fucking things related to Spider-Man movies. Like put some <laughs> fucking work into them. Uh if you are going to if you are going to do uh convoluted stories, Sling that shit over to the to the writing department for like the the uh animation team so that they they can make it good because I mean into the spider verse yes please yeah yeah now and now so, we've got fucking across the spider verse coming part one no it's no longer gonna be a part one and two it's gonna be um uh across the spider verse or no it's yeah, the second one is going to be called Across the Spider-Verse, and the third one is going to be Beyond the Spider-Verse. Oh, I didn't know they changed that. Yeah. Okay. Either way, two movies. 
Hell yeah, super stoked. <laughs> hey guys, it's the halfway point of the podcast, and you know what that means. Time for me to interrupt it with some fucking announcements. Alright, first thing that absolutely needs to be addressed, you're gonna notice that there's some audio issues in this episode, maybe even some previous episodes, and maybe some future episodes too. And that's because me and Fish were recording at different project rates, which is a lot of fucking mumbo-jumbo that I really don't want to get too in-depth with. Basically, what this resulted in is me sounding like I'm cutting him off constantly or just things are out of whack in general. This should be fixed in a few episodes. I don't know which one exactly it is because we did change up our method of recording, but I did want to acknowledge that this issue is here. I am aware of it and there's really nothing I can do about it at this point. And for that, we are deeply sorry. Those shorts over on the YouTube channel are going to be starting this week, so if you want a preview of next week's episode, be sure to get your ass over to the YouTube channel because that is the only place you are going to find previews of the Derailed Podcast for now. And finally, as always, we've got some stream for initiative news. It's not exactly more news, it's just more of the same as I told you last week. Just keeping you reminded of what's going on over at Stream 4 Initiative. They're on a new schedule, and they are doing streams bi-weekly now, so that means you're getting a stream on Sundays and Fridays, in that order, mind you, every other week. Like this week, for example, you've got a Friday stream coming up, and then they're taking a week off, but... They'll be right back at it the following Sunday. And, like I said last week, you can catch fish in those Sunday streams. But, that really does it for announcements today. Let's get back into the episode. Welcome back <laughs> to Simping for Peter Parker. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, getting back to my original point <laughs> is, you know, the thing that I opened up this shit with is, it's like, I think it's great that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are respect are getting the respect that they deserved for playing the roles that they did because they both did a great job when they first did them and they did it again when they were in No Way Home. But I don't agree with that as being an excuse to go to turn around and be like, oh yeah, well these other three movies that we've praised for the last fucking how long have we been getting these MCU Spider Man movies? uh 2017 was homecoming i believe so uh looking it up we've gotten to see him a bunch of times outside of those movies too as well yes released 2017 far from home was 2019 and no way home was 2021 so uh a good like Every two years. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually very happy. Yeah, a good two Plus, years. They're good quality. Yeah. And we also got a lot of screen time with him in Infinity War. And we also got we didn't get as much an endgame, but he was also in that a fair amount too. He's the reason that the fucking universe got saved. Like get, give the fucking kids some credit. Like, we've been dealing Jared, activate instant kill. And we finally got to see it. That was a yeah, that was honestly fucking cool. Was we got to see the instant kill mode get used. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't understand why you know just because the original guys that did this years ago are now finally getting praise, why people have to immediately turn around and shit on the current one? It's just like we can like all of them, guys. Like. That's the reason we were all psyched that they were in No Way Home, right? Because, like, you know, they were all there. Yeah, and, like, one of the arguments that I've been hearing a lot of, even when it first came out, was, oh, the movie's, like, 75%, like, fan service. 
I, I can fully acknowledge that that is the case. But that's one reason why I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, it's... Because this is exactly what I've been wanting from an MCU Spider-Man movie for a yeah, while. Yeah, a movie that gives the fans what it what they fucking want from Spider-Man. Uh, but it's pandering. Yes. <laughs> that's the point. That's fine. But if it doesn't line up with what you want to be pandered to, that's bad. I guess. Well, I I think it's bad because Spider Man doesn't say fuck. He doesn't say fuck enough. I mean, I mean, he got close that two two times. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> but which love that line? Yeah, I just I. They all have had really good performances, and I still will maintain that Tom Holland has had the more balanced performance out of all three of them. Like, he has 100% had the most balanced. His Peter Parker is fucking great, and his Spider-Man is fucking great. He's a good, well-rounded version of the character. Like, I would argue that Pattinson is for Batman. Here we go with fucking Batman again. (laughs) It always comes back to fucking Batman. (laughs) Everything is Batman. You are Batman. I am Batman. Holy shit! I gotta call my parents. Actually, I can't be. I... <laughs> uh, I can't be Batman. I'm fat. Anyways, I don't want to laugh, but it was funny. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, like I just, I just don't understand why there's so much, so much grief with that movie because like actually i i would argue that it gave maybe not the best like heart-wrenching moments you know like definitive moments in acting for all of the spider-men but where they went like looking at where they started with their individual films and then looking to see like where they went like in their own story like oh yeah i stopped pulling my punches you know there's a lot of grief and all of that and then, like, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man getting his, like, his redemption. Yeah. Um, plus, like, g- getting to see him, like, go back to Amazing Spider-Man, like, I'm gonna nerd out about about engineering <laughs> again. What, it, like, that was honestly one of my favorite parts of the Amazing Spider-Man films. It's like, seeing seeing his engineering and, like, like true passion for science uh building his web fluid building his web shooters uh going through and and making his suit insulated so it, it like he doesn't get shocked or or at least it it mitigates as much damage as he can uh you know all of that was was amazing even talking about the water heater in the first film it's like that shows that this man is a smart peter parker yeah and that's something that was really showcased uh in in his trilogy whereas it may not have been like front and center in the Garfield or in, in excuse me in the Maguire films uh but the Maguire films he, like those stuck to uh like kind of the the heart of Peter Parker yeah um like the the empathy or the the compassion side of things and like dealing with you know being the best spider-man that he can be 
because of things that happened early on with Uncle Ben. So it's like, and you really see that. Like, you really see he is, like, still one of the most compassionate Spider-Men that that we've seen in No Way Home. He stops, uh, he stops Holland's Peter from killing the Goblin. Yeah. That was his redemption. Yeah, and... From, from his original film. Like, that's... Well, it's... That's big. I think it's not only that, but I saw something recently that also... Uh, that also kind of gave us a reason for why he did that. And it's because of in Spider-Man 2, I think it's Spider-Man 2 or 3, I can't remember. But, um, uh, fucking, she, Aunt May makes a quote of some kind where it's just like, who are we to dis- who are we to be the ones that decide whether someone lives or dies? And like someone Oh god, which film I, I can't remember. I can't remember what it, which one it was. Let me see if I can look it up. Fucking save me and fill in the blanks while I'm doing this. <laughs> uh actually, I'm looking it up too. Um <laughs> That was Spider-Man 3. Okay, so it was the third one. Yeah, because he was actually talking about Marco, I believe. Right, uh, and I don't think it's for us to say whether a person live uh, deserves to live or die. Uh, but Aunt May, he killed Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben meant the world to us, but he wouldn't want us living one second with revenge in our hearts. Right, and that that was, uh, if I remember correctly, kind of a turning point with like even him with the symbiote suit. Yeah, and going back to the compassionate Peter Parker that that we that we knew originally. I mean, it's it's also that and blowing Harry's face half apart. So, mm, yeah, that 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 does a lot to somebody. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like we we see the outcome uh, of each of those Spider Man in No Way Home, and it it makes sense. It was very well, like, well-written, well-acted, and, like, it comes together beautifully. I, I don't understand why people are so upset with it. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, how do I fucking... God, I'm just gonna send you the link, because this is the, this is the tweet that actually set off the, this conversation today. Like, this is what got my, this conversation going. If uh, you you look at Discord, uh, I do see it. Now I will like movies aside, the uh the film posters or the uh cover art for the the films. I, I do agree. Look, Amazing Spider-Man has uh, has a lot more uh, interesting going on, and it's a it's a better composition. Look, something has in, happened in, in recent years to the people who make movie posters. There are still some good ones out there. Like most of the ones that we got for Multiverse of Madness were sick. I feel like there was a there was a lot more creativity available because of what the film was about. True. True. 
But yeah, like, this fucking tweet, and like, this is them honestly commenting on the movies themselves. And, like, the comments are just full of shit where it's just like... Where it's like, someone will be like, yeah, that I'll be like, no, I disagree with this. Homecoming is actually a really good, is, you know, easily a top three Spider-Man movie. And someone fucking said, you know... Someone replies going, Tom Holland's movies were all right, but nothing compared to the quality of Garfield and Toby. What are you talking about? All three of these takes on Spider-Man have their good merits to them. They also have their bad ones. You know, it's just when it comes to those other movies, there's a lot more glaring issues with them. I don't fucking know. It's just the, the main thing that I'm really getting back to here is it's just like, oh, this person used this character in a way that we liked. So now everything that they ever did was the greatest shit ever, and I never once said that I hated it. It's the same. It's it's yeah. the same thing with. That's why I said this. You know, it kind of started with like this. I you know the Zack Snyder stuff because people shit. I shit on him for fucking months about Batman v Superman. Months over it. Fucking. Some people, it was years. I fucking gave it up after a couple months because it just wasn't worth it anymore, you know? The, the, the Martha meme got old, and I was like, okay, it's time to move on. Um, Which, to be fair, the theatrical release was an absolute mess. From what I've heard. And, like, my whole thing, and then, and then, all of a sudden, because... Joss Whedon did a bad job on the Justice League movie. Everybody fucking starts pissing their pants going. And mind you, this is me. This is not me being like, oh, fuck the Snyder cut. Fuck Zack Snyder. You know, fuck everybody who wanted it. Like, I just thought it was really annoying that these same people who had been shitting on Batman v Superman and Zack Snyder's DC movies as a whole... I think with the exception of Watchmen, can that be considered a DC property? Is that a DC property? Uh, I know Dr. Manhattan was brought into the DC universe at some point. That's why I'm asking. Why is it not telling me? Uh, I th- I think it is. Yeah, it's it's uh it I think it's owned by Warner. Okay. So yes, it would be maybe not a DC property, but it is a Warner property. Okay, but yeah, like with the exception of fucking Watchmen because I think we can all agree that Watchmen is a phenomenal flick. Um fucking you know, People were shitting all over Man of Steel. People were shitting all over fucking uh, Batman v Superman. And then fucking Justice League ends up being horrible, you know, even after being made by someone else and everybody just fucking all of a sudden up and decides, oh my God, Zack Snyder's the greatest fucking thing ever. Please release the Snyder Cut. (laughs) Like... You guys were just mercilessly shitting on this dude for years. And now you're saying that you think his cut of the movie would be better. And I still haven't seen it, so I cannot make my opinion on that. But what I do know is the CG in the Whedon version was horrendous. Wasn't very noticeable on the big screen, but on the small screen was really where it showed through. 
uh, the next time we're in, like either you're able to come down here or I'm able to go up there, we'll we'll have a day. We'll have a day. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, see, here's here's every here's my take on it. So uh, I haven't seen Sucker Punch, nor do I really care to. There's uh, different aspects of it that like that don't resonate with me, which is fine. So I, that's just not one I I would really care to see. I understand it. But not for me. Right. Um, so when, when it comes to, like, Man of Steel, like, I've come around to it, but it's still, I, I still don't find it to be, like, amazing. I'll put this out there, that too. Being said, the only Superman movies that I like are Superman and Superman, or Superman the movie and Superman 2. Superman Returns sucks, too. <laughs> No offense uh, to Brandon Routh. Yeah. I love him. But yeah, that movie sucks. <laughs> so Man of Steel was okay. Uh, in my opinion. Uh fucking going through, we we had uh Watchmen, which the original the theatrical cut was, if I remember right, okay. Like it, it was it was pretty good. But there's a lot of story that was cut, which uh, came back in the ultimate cut, uh, which is the 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 version that Snyder had originally wanted in theaters, uh, which honestly is the better version. It keeps everything together. Yes, it's it's got a long runtime, but you know whatever. Uh, then we have uh, Sucker Punch which it's theatrical run as well as uh, a lot of thoughts about the movie, especially with the hypersexualization and, you know, like um, the, the different aspects of wish fulfillment that were originally viewed. Not a lot of people understood. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that it has been explained and it's been analyzed to death, (laughs) uh, it's like, that's fine. From what I understand, the theatrical cut was, subpar uh and there was an extended edition as well as i think 300 was also a a snyder film that got a another a a similar treat you know what i think you're right was where there was an extended version so there there's just a lot that's lining up when it comes i don't think 300 fell into that same category because 300 was beloved in the theaters and once it came to home media like when that yes, movie came out, people that, would not shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> that was one of the films that uh, introduced me to Snyder. I'm not sure if it was his first theatrical film or if that was the one that got him on the map or if that was just, I can say that was my first Snyder film and I loved it. Uh, then going through like Batman v Superman, the theatrical tri- the the theatrical cut was a mess. It jumped around way too much. There was uh there was a lot of story elements that were rearranged for some weird fucking reason, and it just did not do well. Uh, the ultimate edition brings back all of the stuff that was cut, makes it a more cohesive story. And the areas that jumped around and didn't really work, um, like a, uh, specifically, there was a conversation between uh, Lois Lane and um, so I think it was, it, I forget if it was uh, like um, 
a cop or if it was Lawrence Fishburne's character from the, from the uh, Daily Planet or or what. But there was a conversation between her and uh, someone else that kind of gave more context to what was going on on like the Gotham side of things and why Batman like one of the reasons why Clark Kent, which we get to see more of, uh, goes to Gotham to kind of get his fir- like uh, first-hand experience with the Batman. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, the theatrical cut was a mess. The Ultimate Edition gave, ba- or, like, brought everything back into context and didn't jump it around. Didn't it didn't feel disjointed. It, it sh- exactly. And, so, okay, so we're worth three for three now of the theatrical release was subpar and the original version to our understanding that uh that he wanted to put out that Snyder wanted to put out in theaters which is now the home media version is the better version right so then when everything happened with his daughter uh and I hope the family is doing much better now. Yeah. But everything that happened there and he stepped away and Whedon came in with his own set of problematic issues. Uh, it didn't, it obviously didn't do well. Right. Yeah. So that's when, that's when people were starting to put out, uh, release the Snyder cut. And like, I, I'm not like, I'm not saying I'm exempt from like hopping on the bandwagon and like not, like not shitting on Snyder and and all of that and like I'll I'll fully admit it and I apologize. Well, and that's but, the difference between you and most people in this situation though. Yeah, I'll fully acknowledge it. Um but when but when we got that, I was one of the people who was like who just took a moment and it's like, "Wait, no, I actually really enjoyed Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition." Uh and looking back, it's like, oh, no, the, the superior versions of those films were ones that he pushed for for the home release, which, again, to my understanding, should have been the original release, but studio meddling in it. Right. So, all right. And release the Snyder just Cut. As a, then we hear that. Just as ahead. a quick clarifier, uh, his directorial debut was the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, written Written by both George A. Romero and James Gunn. I actually forgot that James Gunn was a part of that. I one. had no idea. That's fucking awesome to me. Okay, yeah, love that film too. Okay, cool. But the next film that he did after that was uh, 300. Okay, so that incorporated the uh, the quintessential Snyder punching. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, gotcha. But yeah, so, all right, we're three for three and possibly four for four because I can't confirm that because I haven't seen Sucker Punch, but, all right, yeah, release the Snyder Cut. Then there was a there was a petition, and then HBO Max said, hey, we're going to throw some money at it, make the film you want to make. And there was a bunch of publicity around that. And then it finally gets released, and, yeah, it's four almost four and a half fucking hours long. But no, this, this is like leagues better than what we got from justice. League. Right. 
Yeah, see, my biggest thing that I had the issue with when it came to Joss Whedon's Justice League was there was too much in it. There were too many parts where you could tell he was trying to make it like Avengers. Which is exactly why Warner's brought him Oh, yeah, I know. Because he helms the Avengers. Oh, I know. But there's also a reason he only did one of them. I thought he did... Uh, uh... Age of Ultron. Was he Age of Ultron? I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Age of Ultron. Oh, no, that was Whedon as well. Mm Hmm? I mean... I don't know a lot, but I know something. Yeah, I mean, shit. But yeah, I just... Like, I get it. He made these movies, but at the same time, it's just... That that doesn't automatically make him good at doing this kind of thing, you know? Obviously, there are some people out there where that does fucking apply, like James Gunn. You know, fucking, you've got him fucking knocking it out of the park with Guardians of the Galaxy, and in the small interim of time that he was fired from Disney over some stupid shit, fucking DC picked him up and got him for at least one movie doing fucking Suicide Squad. And that turned into a fucking series with a character from that Suicide Squad movie. God, I, I love James Gunn's Suicide Squad so fucking I haven't much. seen it yet. Oh, it's so the, good! The, Why have you not seen it Honestly, yet? the main reason I haven't seen it is, like, it, it kind of feels like, like, okay, I will be honest here, I'm, a, I'm being a little petty about it. Oh. And it's mainly just because, like, uh, the majority of the people that I would have gone, that I would have put money down to see that movie for, get killed off in their first fucking scene. <laughs> so it's like, alright, that feels like a bit of a middle finger, and by the end of the fucking movie, I think there's only one original member left and that's Harley I'm not going to confirm nor deny I mean, anything I I know most of the spoilers for that movie like I've I've seen pretty much all of I, I know about the deaths I know about Rick Flag all that shit Okay then then you know there's two Oh right. there's two Yeah Weasel Weasel. Weasel survived? It, it's like right before the credits roll, or like right after the uh, the initial, like, uh, you know, starring. He fucking hacks up some water and, and fucks oh. off. No, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, from that first group at the beginning of the movie. I'm talking about, like, the people that came back from the Ayer movie. Like... Oh, like so, Rick Flag so like and Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Cap, uh, the yeah. fact that they all get killed off in this fucking movie and Harley's the only one that makes it out. I, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little fucking pi- I'm a little fucking like pissed off for that. That feels like a little bit of a middle finger to people who actually liked those characters from the first movie. Like now here's the thing. I I really did like those characters. I was actually super excited that we got Jai Courtney back because that's I, the one I'm, I'm pissed like, about. I stand Jai Courtney. <laughs> like, 
the I I I love his stuff as, as odd as it may be. Um uh, but like you you can't you can't tell me watching Jack Reacher he wasn't uh he wasn't fucking menacing just like meditating with a sniper rifle in his lap. Like come on now. I don't think I've but, seen um, Jack Reacher. Oh my god. Okay, we're making we're making a weekend <laughs> of just movies I need you to watch. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I was super excited to see him come back and then he he gets got the I think the funniest one for me, which I don't have any comments on like the whole Pete Davidson versus fucking Kanye West. <laughs> Kanye like but like seeing Pete Davidson come out and going, I'm the one who called, and then Boom. getting his face blown off was the funniest fucking part of that. See, opening. I thought that was, was I thought that was amusing. The one that I think really like kind of pissed me off, or the two actually that really pissed me off that like really feel felt like I got fucking like that. Like if I'd have put money down for that movie, I probably would have walked out. Uh, fucking uh, Michael Rooker's character and Nathan Fillion's character. Oh, come on. it's it like James Gunn, Michael Rooker, and uh, uh, oh my god, you just you just Nathan said Fillion. it, Nathan Fillion. There we go. <laughs> god, my brain shuts off at the worst times. Uh, like all three of them are like super good. Oh, yeah. Like they've been they've been a part of gun stuff for a long time. Ever since Slither. <laughs> since before Slither, but <laughs> as yes, far as that, as far as Gun being a director, because that was his directorial debut. That is fair. That is fair. Uh which I love the movie. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking Have weird. you watched did you, uh have you watched the kill count on it yet? Uh Oh, it was just released a couple days ago. Uh, a couple weeks ago. It's uh one of the ones with oh, uh with Zorin, the guy who was doing the Tremors ones. I I love Zorin's yeah. videos on Tremors. I only got through three, but uh, off topic. Right? Yeah. Uh, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, fucking uh, Nathan. Phil like those were so comedic. I can't even be mad. It's just because it's like. This grizzled hard ass, you know, like you've seen Michael Rooker being it's Michael Rooker. <laughs> Just seeing him go, like, take one look at the enemy side and go <laughs> and fuck off and like get shot in the water. That's fucking hilarious. And then fucking Nathan Fillion just slapping dudes with with his uh, disembodied arms, detached arms. And then the arms are getting shot and he's flailing on the ground. How can you be mad? Because I wanted to see more of those characters. Like, if we God could, knew exactly what if, he was doing. If a fucking ridiculous ass character like Polka Dot Man can make it to the final act, I want to see them in the final act. <laughs> That's oh, my God, thing. You, like, I would have been fine if they had gotten killed in the final act, but it was the fact that they literally get killed within the first 15 minutes. All right, fair enough. You can be upset about that, but the movie is so good. It's Ugh. so good. But Rick Flagg makes it through the majority of the movie, yeah. and of course, you know, Harley makes it all the yeah, way Yeah, Harley makes it all through, so, and then the character that I least wanted to make it out of this movie makes it out and got an entire series. 
Oh, Peacemaker? Dude, I love... You gotta, like, you gotta see it from, from start to finish. Yeah. Like, peace. I love peace. Uh, I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. It's just like, no, this this man is the personification of America. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why it's fucking I think great. that's why the character pisses me off. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but if you look at it as like... Oh, no, it's, com- yeah, it's completely it's satirical. Great. But it's just like... Yeah. The, th- the sad part about it is, is like... I feel like there are dudes out there like that that actually have that mentality. <laughs> They're just like I know some of those people, and I hate like, it. Oh my god! Like Deadpool would be a better role model for you people. <laughs> and he's a mercenary, <laughs> except he doesn't try to sugarcoat it with patriotism because he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, I Oh god. Uh but yeah, I I I would definitely say uh give Justice League Zack Snyder's Justice League a shot. We'll make it a day. We got to watch we got to watch Suicide Squad, the James Gunn version. Fuck it, is there anything else that you're just kind of uh, I don't know that I could bring over and just like fucking Clockwork Orange style force you to watch. Dude, uh I haven't seen any of the DC movies. And look, I know uh, this is going to make me sound like a fucking pig, but the Wonder Woman movies to me just look really boring. The sequel especially does. That's fine. Sequel's not great. Can't fault Gal Gadot. Uh, but like se- the second one wasn't great. There's a lot of meddling going on uh, and a lot of questionable decisions with... Uh, Chris Pine's character and like the the whole consent thing. It's not something I want to get into, <laughs> but um, but the first film, I would recommend. Okay, I really would. Um, especially like it's got David Thewlis. How can how can you be mad with David Thewlis as as fucking the god of war? True. The DC movies that I would recommend, like uh, Man of Steel, if you want, would definitely recommend Batman v Superman Ultimate, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Aquaman. Hmm. Uh, I will go through the uh, I will go through the the big list and point out any others. But for now, like for sure, those ones I think you would have a good experience. Hmm. So yeah, see, that's actually another thing for me is I do not care for Superman when when uh, he I'm, is. I'm not a fan of Boy Scouts. Exactly, I'm not a fan of Superman when he's being superman i like tyrant superman because it's like see i knew that fucking boy scout thing was all just a fucking act you're a fucking alien invader (laughs) i don't trust you (laughs) i can't like superman for me uh take the boy scout out of it his he is too perfect yeah so like like yeah flash is fastest man alive but he gets beat out by superman the only reason that, that the Flash can win is because of the Speed Force. Yeah. So, take the Speed Force out of the equation, it's Superman. Superman is the strongest, the strongest living thing in the world. He takes his power from the sun. Like, legit. Oh, what's his weakness? He doesn't have a weakness. Oh, wait, this random space rock 
<laughs> that fell from the sky just makes him a normal dude. And then there's a pink one that makes him gay. It's it, it's a thing. And then there's a gold one that like permanently removes his powers. Uh-huh. Like there there's a lot of there's a lot of of Superman that just like kind of confuses me. Uh and it just it doesn't it's just not great. Whereas like so for bat you could make a similar argument for Batman, like peak physical and mental uh capabilities for the average human being. So if he goes up against like your average Joe, of course he's going to win in both smart fucking and opening scene prowess. from the Batman. And who the hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. It's such a perfect spiker, but I know why they didn't do it. Like, perfect setup, fucking spiker, fucking, I'm Batman, but I know they couldn't do it. We better fucking get that in the next one, though. No, they could do it, but I think I know the reason why they didn't. Because this is meant to portray the vengeful Batman. This isn't Batman. That we got. Well, see, here's how I see yeah, it. This the, isn't Batman. This is the yeah, Bat. Yeah, this is the Batman. So, the next movie we will get Batman. Yeah. You know, the 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 like closer to the the like the the Conroy incarnation. Yeah. Uh that that most of us grew up with and loved. I would honestly like to say that that is the character that Pattinson is trying to is yeah striving to emulate maybe is he is the younger version of that Batman you know because I mean what that the Batman in the animated series is like well into his career Mm -hmm. like when we see him again in Batman Beyond, he's an old man, so he's already got to be pretty far into his life in the animated series and, you know, Justice League Unlimited and all that shit. Um, yeah, I, I could actually see the animated series being, like, late 30s, early 40s, if not late 40s. Yeah, somewhere around uh, and there. And then in Batman Beyond, we get him in his 60s, 70s, which, of course, if you're training for that much and haven't killed yourself yet, like... You're gonna, you're still gonna be like big dude, just well, slower and. Um, yeah, that's if your body doesn't fucking give up on you from years of doing that. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that's where painkillers and steroids. And that's in. where fucking Frank Miller's Batman comes in, and ooh, that gets dark. <laughs> yes, it does, but um. But like you, yes, you could make the argument that oh yeah, Batman is is too too powerful. He's too smart. Like you can't really do that. But that's one of the amazing things about some of these rogues gallery villains for him is you have like the Riddler, you have uh, Hugo Strange. These are two men who are like two of very few people who actually figure out who the fuck. Batman is. Yeah. Which like if you're able to outsmart Batman with everything that he knows and even like, if only for a all minute the tech that he has at his disposal, yeah, that is an amazing feat. And that means like yo these guys mean business. Yeah. 
And for the most part, they're average Joes as well. Just psychotic. Yeah. Uh, Batman is a man who dresses up in rubber and beats mentally ill people. <laughs> Don't you mean mentally poor people? I mean, ouch. I mean... Shameless badger reference. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I am Mitch McConnell. Oh, yeah. Feed me poor people. <laughs> Feed me poor people. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Back on All track. right. Um, fuck. We've... But yeah. Went yeah, everywhere. Just, I really... <laughs> went everywhere in this. Bottom part. line, really, what I think I want to say when it comes to this, before we get to our closing topic here today, is just... Bandwagoning isn't a good mentality to have. Like, that's all I'm trying to say here, man. Like, just like shit. If you like something, fine. If someone else tells you not to like it, tell them to shove it. Like. And if you, and if you do change your mind with something, at the very least say, oh, yeah, I changed my yeah, mind. Say that you were, say that you had changed your mind. Don't fucking sit there, you know, and just go, oh, no, I always like this shit. When, you know, there are people that can pull up fucking tweets of yours yeah that that's called gaslighting and gaslighting it's not okay. like yeah people fucking people change and people grow but you're not changing and growing if you don't acknowledge it <laughs> exactly but yeah anyways just yeah i i said that i changed my mind this is how i think now cool thumbs up yeah, yeah. Awesome. awesome anyways so our last little tidbit that i want to get to today because we gotta we gotta sign off here soon is huge fucking news came out of Sony State of Play a little while ago. And it turns out that Spider-Man Remastered, a game that was supposed to be exclusive to the PS4 and PS5 respectively, is officially coming to the PC. I'm fucking psyched. If not for the fact yeah, that I'm... I will be able to play this new version of the game that I haven't been able to play due to a lack of a PlayStation 5. But because mods, because you know someone's going to make a spider cop suit. <laughs> Mustache <laughs> aviators, the whole nine, you know, someone's going <laughs> to fucking do it. Spider Cop is on patrol, and I will and I will download the shit out of it. I don't even care if I have to subscribe to a Patreon for it. Beautiful, <laughs> but yeah, super excited about that. But mainly just because, uh, me and Fish were talking about this before we started recording. The main reason I'm really excited about this is because it gives me hope, and it gives other people hope out there who, like me, have yet to get their hands on a PS5, and the situation is still looking grim, even by the time the next Spider-Man game comes out. So I'm hoping that what this is is Sony testing the waters to see how people receive a game like this on PC, and I'm hoping that it means that the second game will come to PC as well. And yeah, that would, that would honestly be fucking marvelous. I can't really say I'm surprised, though, because, like, there are plenty of uh, Sony exclusive games that were going to be staying on the PlayStation, like Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, or, God like... of War got a PC port recently. Yeah. Uh, 
God of War, Days Gone. You know, these are three massive games that were supposed to stay PlayStation 4 exclusive that then came to PC, and they've gotten amazing reviews. So if uh, if Spider-Man was going to be the one, like, okay, I'm a little surprised, but okay, I wouldn't really be mad. But now that it comes to it, it's just like a, you know what? I, I thought it was just a matter of time, and I'm glad, I'm glad it was. Yeah, because it's like, I think nowadays, you know, I obviously I'm over assuming here and, you know, there's just a lot of non thinking going into this. Um, I I don't know how safe it is to say that most gamers, not all, but I would say that the majority of gamers now, because of how influential streaming has been and YouTube and content creators in general I think it's probably fair to say that almost every gamer, all, most gamers out there now have one of the two consoles, an Xbox or a PlayStation, and a PC. Is that fair to say? Uh, a console of some sort and a PC. Yeah. yeah. Ex- because yeah. What, I, what I've been seeing recently is, and the writing is on the wall here. The companies see it too. I mean... Xbox brought Game Pass to PC. There are exclusive PC games for Game Pass on PC. Like, that is, that's absolutely incredible to me that they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's take this whole library and everything that we can. Let's just make it available on PC. I absolutely love that. PlayStation is also coming around, you know, with, I know exactly, you know, with the ones that you mentioned, but I know it's not exactly a PlayStation exclusive anymore, but Kingdom Hearts coming to PC was big as well, as was Final Fantasy VII Remaster, the, the intergrade version, nonetheless. So that means, once again, people like me who ha- haven't been able to get their hands on a PS5 yet, can still play the intergrade version of fucking of Final Fantasy VII Remaster, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe these developers are finally opening their eyes and being like, we need to stop restricting people from our content. Because it's like, if you make something available on PlayStation and PC... That's fine. You're not competing with anybody. You know why? Because there's no competition when it comes to PC. There's no competition. When it comes to the availability, like, when it comes to just the scale of games that are available on PC, there is no fucking competition. None whatsoever. And the gra- and I understand we're getting there with graphical changes. Like, there's a lot of features that have come to PC or to like consoles with these last with this newest generation where I'm surprised to be seeing these settings in a game. Yeah, like ray tracing <laughs> was one that was insane cuz first and second generation ray tracing like when it came to real-time ray tracing it hit performance really yeah. hard. Like really hard. And the fact that you can like it's still it's still hurts performance but not nearly as bad as even uh, on a ps4 as Pro. it was before like yeah 
So, like, the fact that I can actually sit down and play, uh, like, Miles Morales, for example, uh, where I can have ray tracing and it still runs 60 FPS. Granted, it's not going to run in 4K unless I, I set it up for 4K ray tracing, which then it would be locked to 30. But the fact that you can still do 4K 30 with ray tracing. It's insane. On a console for five hundred bucks or four hundred if you go discless is insane. Yeah. I and so yeah, that's exactly why I'm sitting here saying like not discrediting, you know, PC. But I think it's more common for people to have a PC than to have one or the you know both consoles. Like I think that's safe to say. More than likely, you're going to have one of the consoles and a PC rather than both consoles. And I think these companies are looking at this and they're being like, well, if they have one or the other, making things exclusive for people who don't have our hardware, like, from my perspective, that just pisses people off. Like, that doesn't make me want to buy your product. That just makes me hate you. Like, I I hate to put it in as simple terms of that, but it's just... That's how it is for me. It's like, you know, locking something exclusively to, like, the the most recent one that I had an issue with, and that's only because I had, I it was only an issue until I had both consoles, was the fact that Modern Warfare on the PlayStation 4 had a mode on it that was not available to people on PC or Xbox for an entire year after the game came out. That type of shit is Especially ridiculous. Because the pre- yeah, the previous... Well, now... <laughs> I got some for that. But um, it, it's especially frustrating because the previous iteration of that game, any, uh, any modes that PlayStation would get, they would only have for about a month which is still frustrating, but it was a lot sooner. Yep. So then jumping it up to a year? Bleh. Yeah, and that um, was the price that we paid for cross-play, unfortunately. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, but here's, here's some that'll, that'll probably piss you oh, off great. then. Uh, any timed exclusives that Epic gets, they get for a year before it comes to Steam. Yeah. And I personally... Like there's a lot of changes that Epic, the Epic launcher would need or the Epic Store would need to make that I have not seen yet for me to actually start using their services more often than just like, for example, Fortnite or uh, the Unreal Engine, because uh, those are the only two things that I really use Epic Games right. for. Right. Oh, but you can get a bunch of free games. Well, I already have those games on Steam, or they have sales more often. For, for me to actually get it at a discounted price and not like, ooh, oh yeah, you like there there's a there's a lot of things. Plus, like their exclusive acquisitions on a lot of games that I play on Steam, and then like like making it frustrating until they implement their own multiplayer services to make it available to both platforms to be able to play. On PC, but two different platforms. Right. Like, 
that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Like it's PC. PC should play with PC. Oh, but it's a different platform, so you know maybe not. No, that's fucking frustrating. PC is PC. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, are you? Uh, uh, the one thing I'm specifically thinking of while you're talking about this is, um, Minecraft Windows Edition and Minecraft Java version. Oh uh, yeah, that that's a that's a thing, and the two cannot play together. Yeah, you can't play together on them. Yeah, which is the main ridiculous. reason that I'm actually pretty happy that I have the Epic Game Store is, you know, yes, for the the free games and shit. But the main reason I'm happy about that is because I've gotten some gems that I may not have ever paid for, but I have them now. Like I have the entire Bioshock collection on PC now. Nice. Um I got so I got that. I'm not a huge fan of the game, but if I ever fucking get a wild hair at my ass and I want to play it, I have Borderlands 3 on PC because of a free Epic game offer. Fucking Dead by Daylight, GTA. Like, these are all games that I haven't paid for. I got these games all free through Epic. And it's like, these are games that I didn't have already. But yeah, so so I can completely understand where you're coming from, where it's just like, why would I bother if it's games that I already have? Or it's just like, okay, so my... Uh, one of the reasons why I'm so irritated with it is... So I have... I have a handful of games from uh, Battle.net. Like, of the obvious, like, Overwatch, uh, Hearthstone, like, those games. Mm -hmm. I have quite a few EA-related games from Origin, which now they're doing cross-play or or something or other. Uh, Or they, they have also integrated their library with uh, Steam through EA Play. Uh, so that's cool, I guess. Uh, but one of the reasons why I'm so upset with Epic is, like, how many games do you think I have in my Steam library right now? Uh, somewhere... Not installed, just totally I would games. say somewhere in the, like, hundreds, like five, six hundred, maybe even a thousand. Six hundred and eighty. That's a lot of games. If I have six hundred and eighty games in one library that I don't have to worry about for anything else, why would I start up another library? Yeah. Like, the only reason I was okay with doing... Like, Origin and and Steam, I started using around the same time for different stuff. So, like, The Sims... uh, Like, for for the most part, like, The the Sims... uh, Or, like, Dead Space, Battlefield, were only available through CD keys to make downloadable through yep. origin um so libraries were a lot smaller then uh battle.net i only used for overwatch initially and then like slowly got a couple more games but like i don't play wow i don't play like most of those i stopped playing call of duty on on pc well honestly i've stopped playing call of duty altogether because i just didn't care for vanguard and haven't gone back to to Black Ops. I would love to play Warzone every now and again, but nobody really plays it uh, that I know at the moment. See, my whole thing about uh, that, Jesus Christ, we're really opening a can of worms here. Um, my whole thing about like Warzone and Call of Duty, especially with the uh the new Modern Warfare Two coming out, like 
I have never been more hesitant to to get a Call of Duty game in my fucking life. Like fucking Modern Warfare 2019, I was kind of on the fence about it, but then I had some fucking serious FOMO, fear of missing out, you know. I had some serious FOMO about it and I ended up fucking picking it up. And you also had me recording the alpha and the beta because I was all yeah. about it. Um and then Cold War, I was all in on because I was like, all right, this is fucking Treyarch, fucking doing zombies. Let's let's fucking go. And it got really stale really fast. So I was like, I really don't think I'm going to do this again. And so I haven't touched Vanguard, not once. I haven't touched Warzone since it first dropped. And that's because for me, I wanted Warzone to be more like Blackout. Black, like me and Fish had so much fucking fun with Blackout <laughs> because we were re- really obnoxious. We really were. Like I've gone back and watched <laughs> some of that old footage. We were obnoxious as shit. Um, but like, it, still, it was a fun experience, you know. And Warzone just didn't do that for me. I don't know if it was the fact that it was on the Modern Warfare engine. Or if it was the fact that damage worked completely different. Like, I, I, I really couldn't tell you what it, what it was. Um, but, yeah, holy shit. Alright, we, we fucking went on a tangent there. Uh, fucking closing remarks. More games need to just be on everything. Tired of exclusivity. Done with it. Just let people play games. You know, <laughs> do you have a, yeah. you have any closing and remarks like, on this? Just my whole thing to finish up the, the whole Epic games thing. Like, like I don't want to wait a goddamn year just to play a game. Evil dead. The game is a perfect example. I got that on PlayStation because it's cross play. So I can play with friends who are on PC but I want to play on PC. I don't want to start up a brand, basically a brand new library just to play games with my friends on a, a platform that we already have. Yeah. Just be okay with sending it to Steam or drop the the fucking like timed exclusive shit because I don't want to wait a year to play a game that's now like that could possibly have just died by yeah. that point. Yeah, that's definitely. I ain't transferring. Uh, I ain't transferring libraries because I've got seven hundred games on one of them. I just want to stick to the one. Yeah, Thanks. I would like. Thank you for coming at, to my. TED at the talk. very least, I think what I would like is just to have a library integration. Like, if you're gonna have me have all these games on Epic, let me launch them through Steam. You know, like yes, they're still Epic games. They are still acquired through the Epic Game Store, but just at least let me launch them through Steam. Where all of my other shit uh, is. You, you kind of can, because you can, like, uh, you can add non-Steam game to my library, and you can find the executable. Mm. But going through uh, going through Epic's stuff, the executable It's a nightmare. Are, uh, it's a nightmare. It, it can be very difficult to find, and especially if you, like, if you go through like the Xbox or the Windows store, like on PC, like you can't access it. You can't access anything. Yeah, no, I I made that mistake a while back, but that's that's a story for another fucking day. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's it. Stop it. Yeah. Epic. Stop it. Epic. Get some help. Fucking <laughs> stop fucking bandwagoning when it comes to movies. And yes, that. Yeah. That next week, I don't know what we're doing, but I don't know. Maybe talk about Star Wars. We didn't really talk about any Star Wars this episode. I'm really proud of us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I I still need to catch up on the most recent episode of Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, so I'll do that, and then we'll definitely by by that point, like I'm pretty sure the whole the, series will be out. Yeah, exactly. So we could just we could just like fucking go tear it to pieces. <laughs> uh, I've I've got some stuff to say about it. Oh, really? Third episode, Koch in a weird way. Or, ah, we'll get to it another time. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> fucking but yeah we just gotta end this bitch so just real quick stuff to plug fucking for stream for initiative twitch.tv slash stream for initiative that's the number four twitter i don't know what the twitter is uh the twitter for us i believe is just for initiative okay uh, or at at the four initiative, so the number four Got as it. well. That that'll be where we like give updates. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for what's coming. And up. Yeah, fucking me. I'm Comic Crazy Game Time. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Comic Crazy Game Time. Twitter, uh, Comic Crazy GT. Jesus Christ, I really need to memorize my fucking Twitter handle or change it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, fucking this YouTube channel right here that you are listening to this very podcast on. And yeah, that is going to do it for us here today on the derailed podcast. And we will see you guys, uh, next week. Just to just throw out one more little bullshit thing. <laughs>